The belief that God became man and dwells among us in Jesus Christ is at the very heart of Orthodox Christian life and worship. Orthodox worship, therefore, involves the whole person, heart, mind, body, and soul. In our services of worship, Christians pray and sing in liturgies that are not of this world. Ancient Faith Radio now presents Singing the Triumphal Hymn with Father John Finley, exploring the Orthodox faith through music and liturgy. Father John is a composer and musician and is with the Missions and Evangelism Department of the Antiochian Orthodox Church. Here's Father John. We continue today in our discussion of the Divine Liturgy and the subject of the connection between the liturgy and the Bible. In his book, The Orthodox Faith, Timothy Ware summarizes for us the uh, orthodox view of the Bible. The Christian liturgy, he says, this Christian church, is a scriptural church. Orthodoxy believes this just as firmly, if not more firmly, than Protestantism. The Bible is the supreme expression of God's revelation to man, and Christians must always be people of the book. But if Christians are people of the book, the Bible is the book of the people. It must not be regarded as something set up over the church, but as something that lives and is understood within the church. That is why one should not separate scripture and tradition. It is from the church that the Bible ultimately derives its authority, for it was the church which originally decided which books form a part of the Holy Scripture. And it is the church alone which can interpret the Holy Scripture with authority. There are many sayings in the Bible which by themselves are far from clear. And the individual reader, however sincere, is in danger of error if he trusts his own personal interpretation. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked the Ethiopian eunuch. And the eunuch replied, How can I unless someone guides me? Acts 8, verses 30 and 31. Orthodox, when they read the scripture, accept the guidance of the church. And when received into the Orthodox church, a convert promises... I will accept and understand Holy Scripture in accordance with the interpretation which was and is held by the Holy Orthodox Catholic Church of the East, our Mother. Father Alexander, in his book, Liturgy and Life, discusses the biblical uh, character of the Christian liturgy and says that it is explained first by the fact that the first Christians, being Jews, naturally used the forms and expressions of the Jewish cult, of which Christian worship is a direct continuation. And in the second place, the great Christian writers who composed the liturgical hymns and prayers were deeply rooted in the Bible. They saw in it the source of all Christian thinking and teaching. They naturally used the language to which they were accustomed. 
The Bible, thus, is a key to understanding the liturgy, just as the liturgy is a living explanation of the Bible. Together, they constitute the two essential foundations of church life. That's an awesome statement to think about. The the two essential foundations of church life, the Bible and the liturgy. Bishop Callistos uh, Ware continues in his book, The Orthodox Faith, describing the abundant use of the Bible in various services of the church, as well as uh, reasons for venerating the book of the Gospels. He says, It is sometimes thought that Orthodox attach less importance than Western Christians to the Bible. Yet, in fact, Holy Scripture is read constantly at Orthodox services. During the course of Matins and Vespers, the entire Psalter is recited each week, and in Lent, twice a week. Old Testament lessons, usually three in number, occur at Vespers on the eaves of many feasts. And the reading of the gospel forms the climax of matins on Sundays and feasts. At the liturgy, a special epistle and gospel are assigned for each day of the year so that the whole New Testament, except for the revelation of St. John, is read at the Eucharist. The Nunc Dimittis, uh, that is, uh, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, is used at Vespers and uh, Old Testament canticles with the uh, Magnificat, uh, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and the Benedictus from the Gospel of Luke are sung at Matins, and the Lord's Prayer is read at every service. Besides these specific extracts from Scripture, the whole text of each service is shot through with biblical language, And it has been calculated that the liturgy contains 98 quotations from the Old Testament and 114 from the New. Continuing, he says, Orthodoxy regards the Bible as a verbal icon of Christ. The Seventh Ecumenical Council laying down that the holy icons in the book of the Gospels should be venerated in the same way. In every church, the Gospel book has a place of honor on the altar. It is carried in procession at the liturgy and at matins on Sundays and feasts. The faithful kiss it and prostrate themselves before it. Such is the respect shown in the Orthodox Church for the Word of God. You know, I'm reminded in hearing Bishop Callisto's words how my father, as a uh, Southern Baptist minister, would never place anything on top of the Bible and uh, taught me to respect uh, the book as uh, unique and different and more important than any other book. Uh, Such has always been the case in the Holy Church of God. In his handbook, Doctrine, uh, uh, many people know this uh, series by Father 
Thomas Hopko is the the Rainbow series. This is the the Blue Book doctrine. Father Thomas explains how the Bible comes alive in the liturgy. He says, The living experience of the Christian sacramental and liturgical life is a primary source of Christian doctrine. In the liturgy of the church, the Bible and the holy tradition come alive and are given to the living experience of the Christian people. Thus, through prayer and sacramental worship, men are taught by God as it was predicted for the Messianic age in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 45. In addition to the living experience of the liturgy, the texts of the services and the sacraments provide a written source of doctrine in that they may be studied and contemplated by one who desires an understanding of the Christian teachings. Father Alexander uh, elucidates uh, in in the same way. Uh, He says uh, the Psalms either in their entirety or in verses, in groups of uh, verses, like uh, what we call the prokemenon. Uh, it's called the uh, gradual in uh, the Roman and Western uh, liturgies. They permeate all the services and are indeed the major expression of liturgical prayer. The fathers and the liturgical writers knew the Psalter by heart, and considered it as divinely inspired expression of all worship. Furthermore, the whole structure of Orthodox worship, the ritual, the symbolism, the images, and the whole spirit of worship are ultimately linked with the Scripture and deeply rooted in them. For instance, A proper study of the sacrament of baptism also requires an understanding of the Old Testament stories of the flood, Noah's ark, the Passover of Exodus, the flight from Egypt, the crossing of the Red Sea, and the crossing of the Jordan. In his book, The Bible and the Liturgy, Uh, Jean Danielo, who uh, was a Roman Catholic uh, priest of the Jesuit order, uh, presses home this principle of biblical interpretation. He says that the realities of the Old Testament are figures of those of the New is one of the principles of biblical theology. This science of the similitudes between the two testaments is called typology. Typology was used in the preaching of the apostles as an argument to establish the truth of their message by showing that Christ continues and goes beyond the Old Testament. Quote, Now all things happen to them as a type, and they were written for our correction. Uh, This is from St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, 11. And St. Paul called this typology fulfilled in Christ the consolation of the scriptures. 
Romans 15.4. Daniel continues, Let us consider some examples. We usually interpret the rite of baptism by seeing in it a reference to water as cleansing and purifying. But now this does not seem actually to be the most important meaning of the rite. Two references in the Bible set us on the track of another interpretation. On the one hand, the water of baptism is the water that destroys. The water of judgment, the waters in uh, Jewish symbolism, are actually a symbol of the power of death. But the water of baptism is also the water that brings forth a new creation. And this sends us back to the Jewish symbol of the waters as not only destructive, but also creative. And finally, Jewish baptism may also have referred to the crossing of the Red Sea. Or again, in regard to the Eucharist, the choice of bread and wine may well have contained a reference to the sacrifice of Melchizedek. And the framework of a meal, a reference to the sacred meals of Judaism, figures of the Messianic feast, the season of the Pascha, a reference to the Paschal meal, a symbol of the alliance between the people and God. And we can thus see how the deeds of Christ are charged with biblical memories which tell us the true significance of these deeds. This biblical symbolism, therefore, constitutes the primitive foundation which gives us the true significance of the sacraments in their original institution. Powerful stuff, if you ask me. And uh, to reintroduce into the church this ancient method of teaching the Bible and the liturgy is no small task. And discovering this biblical typology fulfilled in Christ and in the life and the sacraments of the church is uh, no small task. But the goal of recovering the true meaning of both the scriptures and the liturgy is a worthy one. And that was Father John Finley with Singing the Triumphal Hymn, Exploring the Orthodox Faith Through Music and Liturgy. If you would like to write Father John, his email is singing at ancientfaith.com. That's singing at ancientfaith.com. This is a listener-supported presentation of Ancient Faith Radio.